0: Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most influential and listened to podcast in auto detailing. Welcome to the community.
1: Hi, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. My name is Marshall Hill. I'm your guide as we journey through the car care industry. You can find me and Nick on most platforms at HyperClean Store. Best way to get in touch though, go to our HyperClean specialist group on Facebook and interact with us there or shoot us a text direct 918-800-1188. And this is the community pub. I'm very thankful to, uh, well, spend another moment with Jason. So Jason, cheers, brother. Thanks for coming on to the community cheers. pub. Um, you hail from Chicago or, or is that just where you're at now? I mean, where are you from originally?
0: Uh, originally from Minnesota um spent 18 years there graduated there and then i moved down to atlanta georgia lived there for eight glorious years and met my wife who we had kids and ended up uh moving to illinois because all of our family was still here so i'm in illinois all right atlanta <laughs> or
1: chicago which which one are you uh,
0: uh i much rather be in atlanta i don't like cold i don't like wet um i much rather be in atlanta
1: all right atlanta's got nasty traffic though uh chicago does. does have some too my t- my take when i went to chicago which you're right it was cold it was gloomy uh but it was a fun like there was there's just so much going on there you know granted i'm from oklahoma so there's always things going on somewhere else yeah uh, but uh you know i i enjoyed the train rides you know i i kind of yeah. just wanted to experience that i i wanted to get a dog i wanted to walk around <laughs> downtown chicago uh we we found this cool little uh it was during Christmas time and we found this cool little place down there that had like a, a Russian Christmas and we walked around and drank this Russian like tea that had a bunch of alcohol in it. Everybody I, got really happy and we had a great time.
0: It was, was it Russian or was it German?
1: Uh, I'm pretty sure it was Russian. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> they I, have I, a lot of
0: German sure. fests, you know, during Christmas and everything that we actually went down this year too, to the German Fest, but it's a fun place, man. There's lots to do. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I still enjoy Listen, it. You,
1: you would know, maybe it was German. I'm a guy from Oklahoma. Yeah. I don't know. I, I thought it was Russian, but maybe, you know, it could be, <laughs> they, they didn't have any German pretzels. So I, you know, it, it couldn't right. have been German. Right. And I didn't yeah. see any strudel and there was no chicks walking around in little skirts, you know, it had <laughs> to be Russian, it had to be Russian.
0: That's hilarious. Uh,
1: what's your favorite part of Chicago? Um,
0: I, yeah. To, to be honest, I don't go to uh, the city a whole lot. Um, but when I go do there, I mean, uh, Wrigleyville is awesome. You know, so we go to Cubs games a couple times a year and just being down there in that environment and watching a baseball game and being able to go all these different bars is really cool. It's, it's always a fun time down there.
1: My college roommate was from Texas and he was a Chicago fan, Cubs fan. I have no idea why I've never <laughs> understood why anybody down here, anywhere through here is a Cubs fan, but yeah, they do have a massive, <laughs> a massive uh, group that falls yeah. even here. What uh, do you, do, are you, 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 a beer drinker. I see, you know, you're drinking wine or is it beer or ever, or is it always wine?
0: Um, no, I enjoy beer. Uh, it just makes me feel fat and bloated. Uh, so I don't drink a whole lot of it. So I'm more of a whiskey drinker. I love drinking, uh, bourbons and whiskeys. Old fashions is what I usually will drink, uh, when I'm going to a nice dinner or whatnot. And then, uh, vodka tonics, if I'm really going to party all night. Um, but if I'm at home with the wife, it's usually, uh, wine, you know, so.
1: All right. Favorite whiskey.
0: Uh, 1792 is, uh, a, a, a bourbon that I really like. I enjoy it. It's not too expensive and it's nice and easy to drink. Uh, Haz- a basil Hayden is another one that I love.
1: All right. Well, Jason, I want to introduce it. We've got a guy named cooking with Nick that's on Nick is from, uh, Tennessee home of quite a few great whiskeys. Uh, we were going to hook up, uh, when we were down, I was down this past summer over there at Lake Ford, we were going to try and link up and have some whiskey. And I caught Corona right oh, before, no. <laughs> like literally on the way there. And I was, I was out bad and oh, I had to reschedule, but Nick's a big whiskey guy too. Nick, what, what's your favorite ones?
2: I got a lot. Oh, nice. <laughs> you tell that your mama's yeah. It's my mom's collection of whiskey. <laughs> uh, Whistle Pig, I love, um, you mentioned 1792. You're absolutely right. It is incredible um my personal favorite though is chattanooga rye it is i, I don't know what it is about it. it's about 40 bucks a bottle but oh, it's good
1: <laughs> uh nick what do you got on the menu tonight so jason nick is our he's our well our in-house chef and he cooks for us every night here on the pub and that's i don't you know you can we follow him oh yeah man <laughs> you can follow him at instagram at it's underscore dreams and he uh, uh-huh. always puts out his menu and how he cooks and what he makes so what's on the menu tonight nick uh, duck Alfredo. Okay. So I'm going to panchee some duck
2: and throw it on top of some Alfredo pasta.
1: Okay. All right. So Jason, are you a dog guy or are you a pizza guy? What's it like up there in Chicago for you? Chicago style pizza or the Chicago dogs?
0: Uh, I'm a pizza guy. I love deep dish, deep dish pizza yeah, through and through, but I'll eat a hot dog too. I'm a food guy. I'll eat whatever. <laughs> portillo's portillo's hamburgers portillo's hot dogs Mm-mm. love them all all
1: right i'm gonna i'm gonna open up to a couple guys but like i said everybody make sure you you don't talk over each other and let's keep it keep it calm brandon from Shawshank, i, I know you've always got some great questions and uh i appreciate you hopping in as always what what goes on your mind when you thought if jason was here what's that number one question you wanted to ask
3: I was just excited because any of his videos, he's always really positive and and fun to watch, which is hard to find nowadays. Um, And uh, I guess my my best question would be, what got you into YouTube initially?
0: Uh, Initially, it was just making videos for the employees, so training videos. So the first video we did was uh, how to clean an engine, and I made it on my phone and just made it so I didn't have to repeat myself 80 times. And, um, and then after that, we made another video that was geared towards the customers. I made it on a, uh, uh, Lotus Elise and it was a full detail that we were doing. And I just wanted to show the customers exactly, you know, the detail that we go into it. And, you know, those videos sat on YouTube for a very long time, probably a year and a half before I made my next video. So, uh, yeah, just initially started as training videos to put on there.
1: And Jason, you talked to me and Nick a second ago, and we'll put that episode out. Everybody can go listen to it. But go back over real quick, you know, 30-second type of overview so that Brandon, you know, gets an idea. He's, he's starting to put out some videos. Dustin's here in the group. He's selling products with HyperClean. He's starting to put out videos. But what is it like to, to put out a video? How much time does it take? What kind of investment have you made? What, what does that look like from your end?
0: Yeah, we talked about that a little bit with, um, with you guys. Um, it can be as little as much as, as you want, right? You know, so we talked a little bit about, yeah, you can start with your phone. Um, you can start with smaller videos. And I encourage everybody to do that. Hi, Scott. What's up, dude? <laughs> I encourage anybody just to get started that wants to get started. And you don't have to have all this big equipment. But for me, I enjoy the production value of it. I enjoy... Um, the cin- cinematography. I like the B-roll. I like the cinematics and and just having a high quality polished product, you know, just like my detailing business. Um, so we spend a little more time and, and videos can take usually, you know, recording them is usually the quicker part where you can record a video. It's whether it's a how-to video or how to clean a video. Some of the feature videos are a little bit longer, um, but the editing is really most of the, um, most of the time that you're going to put into it. So Uh, A lot of time to edit, you know, you can get, just like anything you can get into car detailing and spend a lot of money on all the machines and all the products and everything else that you want to buy. It's the same thing with uh, photography and video equipment. You know, you can start it off with your phone, but then you can go to a a $2,000 camera and a $2,000 lens. And then you're looking at microphones and you're looking at gimbals and you're looking at everything else. And then you got computers and software you got to go into. So it can get pretty pricey and expensive real
1: quick. Yeah, uh, uh, Dust, Dustin, are you? I see he's back there working on a car, so I wasn't sure if he's there. All right, we'll bounce back over. It, it is fun to see old Scotty VN. Uh, Scotty, I stopped by your guys' booth there at Mobile Tech, and uh, they they said you were out. So, man, I miss seeing you at Mobile Tech. Yeah, I, uh, I caught the stomach flu uh, about 10, 10 p.m. <clears throat> Tuesday night before I was going to fly out. So, uh, I was laid up. <laughs> Not a lot of fun. yeah we we miss seeing you man i was looking forward to to having a beer with you all right guys as you guys start to have a question put up your hand there's a little thing where you can raise your hand and we'll we'll get over there and call to you uh dustin i see you're back um dustin when you when you heard jason was coming on you know you're a guy that watches videos you started to put out videos what what went through your head what was your number one question that you wanted to ask
4: Uh, yeah, man, I, I can't think of a question that I have. Um, I just respect what he does and, uh, he's got one hell of an operation out there and I truly with the videos and whatnot. So really cool operation. Love all the YouTube stuff. It's, uh, some pretty, pretty great, uh, quality. And, uh, one, one video that, uh, if I have customers that are hesitant on ceramic coatings, I'll send them his video. And I think the title is like, uh, why you shouldn't get a ceramic coating or something like that and uh, kind of better better explains it, sometimes better than I can, uh, gives them something to watch and tune into.
0: So I really like That's hey, awesome, man. man. Hey, what are you working on back there, Dustin?
4: So I have a Subaru WRX. It's got a pretty gnarly scratch here. Uh, so we're just fixing two scratches on the vehicle. The customer doesn't really care about a one-step polish or anything. So going to knock out these couple little scratches and uh, get it back to her. So she's happy with it. I would love to polish this thing and put a coating on it. But at the end of the day, we're just giving them what they want and uh, making customers happy, man. Killer.
1: Yeah, that is awesome. Uh, and I think that's, that's definitely a, a thing, Jason, what you say is common in the industry where uh, much, most people say, "Hey, we're going to give our customers what they want." Or do you think there's this other side that's really grown through the industry of, "No, you got to give them this, and know your worth, and force them into this multi-stage this and multi-layer that, and you know, know your worth." Or do you give your customer what they really want?
0: I see a lot of detailers giving the customer what they want. You know, the detailer they give them a lot more. The you know, they're they may charge a certain price, but they don't know when to stop. Right. They just keep on going and going because it satisfies their, their inner detailer. And uh, they're not, yeah, they're not listening to the customer and just giving them what they need. Uh, you know, we, we do a very good job at the sales desk of just figuring out what their expectations are and delivering that job. So. A little how do you different. do
1: that by the way? What, what, like you do a good job. What is it that you guys say, or, you know, how do you, how do you get to get those answers from the customer?
0: Yeah. So it's just asking them a series of questions and, um, uh, you know, we start by like an awesome car. We relate to them a little bit. We want to start the conversation and then we talk to them about, uh, their car and what they're, uh, how long are they going to keep it? You know, how do they wash it? How do they maintain it? What are your ex- ex- expectations? Do, do s- scratches and swirls bother you? You know, we just ask them a series of questions and anytime we do that, we get some information and then we're able to uh, better, uh, you know, suggest a a service for their, for whatever questions that they have, you know, if they're taking it to a, a, a tunnel car wash, we don't, we won't necessarily sell them on our top package and perfect correction and coding or not. So we try to manage their expectations and then sell them a product or a service that fits their budget and their needs.
1: Okay. Thank you. Uh, all right, guys, just a reminder, keep everybody on mute. Uh, I see Greg has raised his hand. So if you guys got a question, you know, throw up your little raise your hand. And Greg, what uh, what's your question, brother?
5: Hey, Jason. Hi, Marty. Um, so I'm a fairly new detailer. Um, I started up officially my business uh, about November. And right now I'm working in the shop um, with another company that does PPF. Um, and I'm... Trying to plan out my year trying to see where my what my goals are and uh, I have the option of, you know, saving up and going mobile or staying in the shop and, you know, working out of shop pretty much full time so what, uh, what made you decide to be in a shop, as opposed to being mobile.
0: Uh, when you first started? Weather in Chicago was a big one. Uh, But when I first started, so I mean, when I started, I started in Atlanta, Georgia, I was mobile for four years, I really enjoyed mobile detailing when I did it, it got old real fast. As soon as I got into a shop, um, I was really happy that I never had a mobile detail again, because um, I think there's more opportunity in a shop. Uh, You know, you can You have an opportunity to grow with employees where uh, usually you can only take one or two guys with you if you're going mobile detailing. And then obviously you have to pack up and put everything away to go to the next job and stuff like that. You're working in conditions that aren't great uh, for doing maybe some of the higher end stuff like paint correction and ceramic coating. Um, So, I, I mean, I enjoy the shop that I'm in. Um, but I would encourage anybody that's just starting out to if, if, if you're on a budget and the only way you can get started is mobile. It's a great way to get started. It's a great way to build a client base. Um, and, and maybe even you don't even want to run a shop because there's a lot more risk involved. You got your bills are higher. Um, you got to get more work in. You got usually got to get employees. And, and if you don't want those headaches, stay mobile. So I guess it just depends on what you're looking for, what your end game is and, and what your goals are for, with your business.
1: Yeah, Greg, where are you from?
5: I'm from Arizona, Mesa, Arizona.
1: I was good that. When Jason said that about the weather, that was my thing too. You know, it, yeah. it, if you're in a nice warm area, go mobile. I mean, I, to me, everybody is looking for on-demand services more and more. They want, you know, convenience of, of servicing them at the easiest way possible. And if you're in a warm state, man, you got plenty of days that you can go service and there's no need to save up. Right. I mean, there really isn't. True. Yeah. You you don't need I, to save up. You got a car and and use a rinseless, waterless, you know, like hyperclean eco one. You you can wash and clean a car and start detailing to express many details and create a very large maintenance business being mobile. But it's hot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you got yeah, the problem of being hot in most of the, the year.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brandon from Shawshank. That-
0: how is that working outside in, in that hot weather? I mean, have you done that yet?
5: Uh, I did it a little bit last year. Um, I, I was doing mobile for a little bit out of my Jeep. And uh, yeah, it was hot. And I had the opportunity to go into a shop and it's air conditioned. So kind of might stay there.
0: I'd like being but, yeah. in the air conditioning. <laughs> yeah, Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, that's awesome, man. Thank you for sharing that. Good luck with everything. Yeah, thank you.
1: All right. We've got a couple of people with their hands up. Oh yeah. Go ahead, Brandon.
0: Yeah. um, Greg
3: just brought up a a question I wanted to ask Uh, going from mobile. I've been mobile for a few years and I'm even doing the pay correction and coatings mobile for a while. My clients beg me not to get a place. I plan on doing it soon. And I kind of tested the waters. It seems to scare them. They love that their car doesn't have to move. They don't have to go anywhere. I do it all right there. Um, How did you convert... From changing your clients from being mobile to bringing it to the shop because they're so spoiled now they don't seem
0: like they want. Well, to Well,
1: Jason was mobile in Atlanta when he moved yeah. to Chicago. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah I didn't have that. Um, yeah, but I get that. That it's, it's it's convenient. It is awesome. It is a great service for a customer. Um, they don't have to leave, you know, their work or their house and everything. I love the convenience factor of it. It's just tough as a business owner to be able to scale um to anything but and again that's up to you or the 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 operator maybe you don't want to scale i mean i think it's a great business doing it um you know mobile so that's the issue i'm I'm having
1: let's jump over to khalid you got your hand up thanks for hopping in what's your question man
6: yeah it's kind of follow-up on this um i also have um a somewhat full schedule when it comes to my mobile you could say i have you know my five to six clients every day at the most, uh, but that's every day of the month. And my problem right now is how do, how do I scale that without having to go to, you know, a shop or a location. Like how do you scale mobile and you know keep the quality up, keep the cost down? Like what you know, what's the first approach on that?
1: So in your definition of scale, explain that.
6: Uh, I guess just keep it growing. You know, we've grown pretty steadily every year where we're starting to, we're at a point where we have too much work. So I guess by scale, I mean, be able to take on the work we do have, uh, not, you know, fail and disappointments, not have to keep rescheduling because it's too full. More um, people.
1: That's your answer. You need to hire more people.
6: Gotcha. <laughs> okay. And how now, you is you that easy? School? No,
1: but that's your answer. You want to scale? Hire training? more people. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I say that jokingly, but, it, but it is a, it is a, it is an easy answer to it right you know if, if you want to grow mobile um, w- one key thing to do that I was talking about this uh, well we I do a couple different podcasts and we were talking about this on one with Sean from Orbis X and and I gave the illustration of going into an area that it, let's say it's a, a very high-end uh, gated community right When I'm there and I'm going to start out and I've got one house, is it beneficial to me as a mobile detailer, if I really want to scale, quote unquote, to just go do one house? Or should I actually team and time up my days so that when I'm there, I've got four or five cars in that neighborhood or four or five cars that are maybe in a mile or two radius One great way to scale is basically just organizing your routes so that you can do as many cars as you can without traveling. The main thing that mobile detailers complain about is the travel time. As easy as it seems, just start scheduling all your stuff as close as you can. And when you're in those high-end neighborhoods, just start making sales calls. Put out a little sign that lets people know what you're doing. When people are walking their dog, you wave at them, you go say hi. I mean... That's one quick way to start getting spots into one area. And then you know how to scale from that. Then you hire somebody specifically to take care of these people. Those people only know that guy and he services them all. And then you put in other people in another area and they only know those people. Great. Like that's how you can start building out little sections and filling up their area.
0: I see. Okay. Yeah, that's great. Jason. Thanks. Yeah. Have you thought about putting another mobile unit out there?
6: Uh, I have. Right now I have my my brother who uh, he kind of did it with me when I first started. So he knows what he's doing. And we're kind of thinking of doing that, just kind of separating it north and south. You take this area, I take this area. And then, you know, probably keep that approach as we continue to get more customers, just one person at a time, probably per zip code or, or something like that.
0: Yeah. It's always easier when hiring employees, too, when you know uh, that you're working in a company that there's growth opportunities and having multiple uh, vans out there gives them an opportunity to one day that, hey, you could you could run your own van uh, one day if you wanted to and and, and grow up into that opportunity Um, it takes a little bit of work on developing processes obviously you have to have a very high level guy that you trust um, and you have to have very solid processes so you know that uh, whether it's your van or his van going out there that they're going to deliver the same type of work Um, and you can you can do that and you can develop that through training but it takes a little bit of time but uh, you know i've seen several mobile detailing companies with five six seven eight vans out on the road Okay. Cool.
1: It can be done, no doubt. Uh, let's see. We got a couple other hands up. Is that Juan? Yes, sir. Hey, there we go. All right, man. Hey, brother.
7: Hey, how you guys doing? Well, this is Juan Gonzalez from All Season Detail. I don't know if you guys can hear me. can You hear me?
0: Yeah. Can you talk slower?
7: <laughs> uh, this one from All Season Detail here at Idaho <laughs> Falls, and also from the company. Uh, I, I do the Spanish videos in Spanish and I also work with G-Technic and we're going to be going to Costa Rica next week with Jason <laughs> Can't Hey
1: wait. Oh. hold on, how do I get in that luggage man, what's up <laughs> Costa Rica hell yeah, that's where I'm ready to go
7: uh, we travel a lot to South America so yeah. now one of the one of the questions that I have heard right now is like how do you convert yourself into like mobile to a, to, to a shop well and also for the cold weather, I started my business in 2012 here in Idaho. In Idaho, it's just like Chicago; it's cold. Right now, we have snow. We're actually like below five degrees. And I started mobile, 100% mobile, in September. So you can imagine how we did it. We didn't have no idea how we were gonna do it, so we just start going at it. First of all, we start at first we started washing vehicles like normal, and then we realized that. The water was freezing and so we couldn't dry the cars so we had to reinvent ourselves so we started looking into um steam cleaning so we started steam instead of instead of washing the, the vehicles with a pressure washer we were washing vehicles with steam and onr and that was the way that we can actually clean but how do you clean a vehicle outside outside in a cold weather the interior well you can't use a tornado because if you use a tornado all the products gonna freeze in the door panels. So we started using also steam steam cleaning. So there was a, there's a steam cleaner, uh steam machine from a uh, Vaporza that also has a tornador end. So it actually blows steam. So when you are applying the product, we're actually steaming it at the same time. So that actually cleans the vehicles interiorly and obviously with steam we will, we will clean the interior with the, the uh, fabrics everything so we were doing this for since 2012 up to 2018 and we were mobile and the reason why we went to to a shop is because i really wanted to have a shop just to do coatings now here in idaho falls most of the customers that i had were like uh just like these guys were asking it's like well they, they didn't want they didn't want me to move because they, they didn't want me to have a shop because they'd they didn't want to come to a shop, right? But I wanted to have a shop, and I knew it was the right time because I knew I could I could afford to make that payment monthly. So I started investigating, and then I got it. I thought I was gonna be more. Um, I was gonna. I was supposed to do more work, and believe it or not, I started working less, but I was charging more. And I was using whatever I was spending in the shop, the expense of the light, electricity as a tax write-off. So then I had a bigger tax write-off at the end of the year too. So it actually worked up a little better. So if you are a mobile detailer, and if you're thinking did you, it's been about three or four years that you are ready to make the move, trust me, make the, make the move if you're ready, don't be scared. That's what happened when you started your mobile detailing. You, you, you had to get yourself into a position to get a to get an income into your house. And you were scared. If you, I don't know if you guys were had another job and you guys just went full time with mobile. Well, every time you make a move, you will always be scared. But if you don't make the move, you're never gonna progress. So if you are thinking to make the move, make it. You will be okay. I
0: think I heard some of the anxieties about uh, losing customers if you're going from mobile to a fixed location too, and with- that
7: you will never lose those customers. Those customers will always be there. Yeah,
0: there's a majority of your customers that are going to go with you because they're going to be loyal to you. There may be a few that you're going to lose out on that really want that mobile service. Um, but, uh, you know, that's a part of it. You know, if you want to... I, I really do, do believe that what Juan was saying too, that I, I think you can do a lot more with a shop. It's 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 easier to scale in a shop. Um, you can do some of the higher-end services in a shop. Um, it's it's a lot less um, constrained on, you know moving and and i know how hard it is to fill up the tanks every day and take out the laundry and you're bringing it in the house and doing the laundry in your house it's a it's a lot of work to do mobile i know how much of work it is, it is and and just moving into a fixed location a lot of that is gone when you move into a fixed location You're like oh, i don't have to do that anymore i was pulling out a water containment mat every time i did a, a detail in atlanta literally just putting this big fucking tarp on the ground taking all the dirty water out and then i had to get home and and i pushed the dirty water in the grass it was a pain in the ass well the other issue
3: i had and the reason why i asked that question is because i have people bringing me cars from over an hour away all winter and i gotta rent out a place to do it so i figured it's just time to make the jump you
0: know um, hey, hey! This is a good transition. I'm gonna self-promote here a little bit, by the way. <laughs> For your mobile guys that have a tough time in the winter, like literally, we are—we're our new building, Car Supplies Warehouse, and we're. This is a uh, uh, something that we're gonna test out. We have actual bays that we're gonna rent by the hour, and rent by the day, and rent by the three days if somebody wanted to. And I can't wait. Um, our building has been pushed off a little bit because the city's been a pain in the ass to work with. But uh, we have one up north, Chicago, that'll be opening up. Uh, Soon, we're we're waiting on an occupancy permit for that to open up. And then we got to start construction on our big building, which is uh, on the south side or southwest side of the city but this would be a great, you know, we have a retail store up front and then in the back, you can actually have bays. So consumers can come in and wash their car for an hour, or if it's the mobile detailer in Chicago, you know, if you're part-time and then you have a customer that calls that want to coat in the middle of the winter, you can't do it. You got to wait till spring. At least now you have an option to say, Hey, I have a climate controlled facility that I can bring my the car to. I know that uh, uh, it's, it has everything at a detail or need there. And uh, really cool concept that I, I'm hoping that'll work and that we're going to be bringing to the market pretty soon. That's brilliant. Love
1: it. It's like a salon for, you know, detailers mm, as yeah. opposed to hairdressers. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah. a cool little it, nicely done, man. I, I'm excited to see where that goes. All right, Jake, I'd love to switch away into a different topic. Is your question uh, not the same or.
4: uh No, it's a little different. Uh um, Great. Love it. I wanted to ask. So, Little background mm-hmm. on me: I ran a big detail shop for a big company here in Erie, PA, and like had thirty employees. So like I've gone from that. Now I'm working at a dealership, and I'm been doing my own business. Um, my biggest thing is lead generation, and I guess like if you could dump money or effort into one thing for lead generation for mobile, um, what would that be?
0: Uh, for mobile, I think the. It, it, I really like this and it doesn't take a whole lot of money Um, and you can do this. uh, You'd have to find somewhere to do this being mobile. So it's a little bit different, but the best way I think to get customers really quick is to do a wash clinic and whether it's with a, and find a group to do it with. It can, it can, it doesn't have to be with a group, but like a lot of these car groups are looking for something to do on the weekends and go somewhere. So for our shop, for instance, we uh, we had the Tesla group in and we did this car wash clinic and we brought them in and, and we washed the cars with them. And it gave us an opportunity to talk about washing and maintaining and how you do that. A lot of these Tesla. We had 50 Teslas there. A lot of them never heard of us. Didn't know about protection options. Obviously, we had some customers that were already with us, um, but it gave us the opportunity to talk to new people and show them that, hey, you know about ceramic coating? You you know about window tint? You know about paint protection film? Um, And and you could easily do that for free. Find uh, somewhere that you could do that, where you can actually host a little party, Uh, and any performance shop, any. Uh, Higher-end body shop, or any window tint shop, or paint protection film shop, would be more than happy to host an event like that.
1: Uh, Jason, we love it. There's, there's no doubt. As the guys that are on here that are distributing product, that's, that's what we've encouraged them to do. We think yeah. that, especially if you're distributing a product, host clinics, show people how to use it. It is a great way to to bring people into your top of the funnel in a sense. Jake, I did, uh, if you go back and listen to some of the Pints and Polishing podcast, uh, I did a series earlier, uh, let's see, it'd be 2021, where we did a whole series on how to get people into your funnel. So we went through with Greg Masterson's and Sean Gervais from OrbisX, and we went through and talked about the different ways to get people into your funnel and then how do you get them to that sales point? So go check that out. But one of the things that I say nonstop that uh, everybody that does it is having very good responses with it is go into your local Facebook groups. I mean, there's, there's thousands of local Facebook groups, whether it's moms who drive minivans or, you know, dads who play golf. You know, whatever customer type that you want to go service, go find them inside of a local Facebook group and just interact. Yes. Don't try and sell them. Comment Perfect. on their post. <laughs> talk to them. Get to know them. And then don't, just in don't your
0: spam bo- them. Whatever you yeah. do, just don't go there yeah. and spam them. Yeah, don't it.
1: spam them, but go in and just make, you know, comments on their post, right? And just interact with them and do that, Jason, right? How many hours a day do you work, right? don't do it for just 30 minutes and think oh it didn't work right you gotta do it for six months and do it for two hours a day
0: I did the same thing with uh, Instagram where I would just find people you can do the hashtags I did Chicago cars and just and talk to as many people as I could you know and I I'd, I'd comment on their car you know you know about cars go in there and comment about their car you don't need to go in there and tell them who you are and i do detailing they're probably going to see your your name and everything they can go explore if you want to but be genuine and actually talk about their car get involved with the community and stuff like that and it was crazy yeah (laughs) it was crazy how many uh uh, guys that i actually found that were like run car clubs and stuff and you start to talk to them like oh you you run a car club that's cool man hell yeah and then you could kind of after a little bit of conversation you're like by the way you know like hey you want ever want to do an event? I could host an event at the at the at the detail shop, and we can do some, you know, we can do some training, we can do some demonstrations, we can, you know, get a DJ, whatever. You you want to have a party together, and and just kind of get to know them.
1: Bingo, bingo, yeah, I love, love it. it.
0: I
4: like that you said that because literally, there's a pizza shop down the road in the town I live in. They have like a bunch of like muscle car guys come in, yeah, like all summer.
8: Go.
4: I'm yeah. gonna get to them and be like, hey. I'll buy the pizza and the beer and all that stuff and talk to people. That's a great, yeah.
1: Hey, listen, I'm all about buying beer for people. It was a great thing that we did. Uh, (laughs) We've always loved doing it. And if you start to learn to brew beer, then you can bring your own beer. And that's even better. (laughs) That makes it a lot of fun. All right, Paul from Gold Standard Man. Good to see you, brother. Uh, What's the question that you have? Yep, we don't hear you. Don't got you.
0: Plug in your microphone. <laughs> Sorry.
9: No, no, it was actually a comment in response to uh, Jake's question. So uh, thinking about the long game from lead generation, another idea is uh, search engine optimization. I don't know if you've done that yet or if you have a web presence. It takes a little bit longer uh, to kind of see it come to fruition. But once you see it, it actually works. Uh, when I first started working on it, I was on page 17 of Google in my local area. Um, now I'm at the bottom of page one. It took about six to nine months to really see that. So once you get some of those opportunities that the other folks were talking about for short leads, this is an opportunity to be running simultaneous. That's going to help you sustain for longer leads. Um, so if you need any help with SEO or anything, feel free We can connect.
0: There are literally so many ways that you can market your business and get customers. You know, you can Google, like, how do I market my business and you're going to get 17 different ways that you can do it. Uh, I always encourage people to try it and see what works for you because what may work for somebody in one area of the country may not work for you. So there's all kinds of different ways you can do it, figure it out, try it out and see what works for you.
1: All right. Uh, Jason, I want to pick your brain because it was something you brought up, uh, in our, episode just a minute ago, I wanted to get a little bit more info from you. We have talking about ceramic coatings and where they kind of see the future. And you said that certifications you thought were going to be going down.
0: Yeah. I mean, I just see uh, there's so many certified pro professional uh, coatings and it's not that they're not good because I think I much rather use a pro coating than any uh, consumer coating. But I just think that uh, I, I think eventually that consumer coatings are going to get so good that there are going to be some coatings out there that it's going to be hard to to uh, make a difference between these coatings and uh, the reason why I think that is um, honestly I just don't like it I I don't like uh, the all these different groups. And I feel feel like people are against each other sometimes, you know, like I'm this coding guy or I'm that coding girl, whatever it is. And honestly, I just don't like it. And that's why, um, you know, not. I think it's a good thing, you know, to have this certification. It kind of brings the level up. And I I really like a lot of the uh, products or the brands that are bringing people together and they have these uh, conferences and they have classes and they're really helping to to develop the business. So I like that part of it. But as far as the actual product goes, I think, um, you're going to see coatings improve. I think you're going to see entry level coatings improve to the point where they're going to be just as good or just, just under these pro level coatings. And I don't know if it makes much sense to be a part of that. Uh, these, these certified pro dealer programs that they have.
1: Yeah. There's no doubt. Like Nick said, I mean, we, we'd love to hear. you say that since 2016, when I launched into the coding world, that's exactly where I've been. One, two, and three okay. years. Not that five's not going to be a thing, but you know, one, two, and three years, and you don't need a certification, right? I mean, we would do free certification trainings, and we went around the country certifying people, and we'd take a picture. You know, one one was at that Rupes, and we, you know, guys, would, we'd take a picture with Jason. You know, it was just yeah. a piece of paper that we had just signed. You know, I mean, but it meant something to them. So there is that aspect to a certification that. Some detailers need that piece of paper because it's something inside of them that they need that justification. So, how does somebody that feels like they need that and that, like, because they really believe that this company that if they get this piece of paper they can put on their wall, that it's magically just going to bring people to them? I mean, I, yeah,
0: yeah. Some of the value that you get in a certification, a certified coding is the territories, you know. I think that's what um, is a a little bit of a value, if anything. Um, But I see, I really see, I think you're going to start to see a few coding companies that actually come out and say, Hey, this is our best coding and it's free and anybody can use it. There's no territory limits. There's no uh, accreditation. This is our best coding that, you know, on the market, it's a professional coding available to anybody. And that will kind of blow it apart to where, um, you know, you start to see people kind of drop off, like, why am I going to be a part of this group and fight with territories when I know this product is just as good. And and what I see too, like if you have a professional accredited coding, there's a lot of money that goes into that to have that, have people involved uh, with pushing that brand and that accreditation. So that you're paying for that, you know, that those people that are putting together that, that program have to be paid and they're, and they're getting paid by, that coating so that coating may have to be a higher price than normal so i I just see you know really good coatings coming out and and maybe not much of a need for the actual accredited pro coatings
7: all right
1: man i appreciate you explaining that a little bit more juan you have your hand up
7: yes i do now i'm gonna talk like a owner and operator of, of my business not as an instructor for ceramic coatings but when I started my business in 2013, I, I, I got myself involved with ceramic coatings and I wanted to do something different because at that time, in my area, nobody was actually doing it. So I wanted to make something different and offer something much better for my customers. So I started going to, obviously, like everybody else, YouTube channels and getting, getting you know, all the feedbacks on the ceramic coatings, buying some from Amazon and start applying it. But then, you know, I realized that, yes, you can only learn so much in in uh, in YouTube versus going to a real training for ceramic coating. So the first company that I actually got my, my certification, it wasn't because I needed the paper or I wanted to have something to prove that I was professional. It was actually something that I wanted to make sure that I was doing it correctly and the way they wanted me to apply the product. That company knew that i was already applying ceramic coatings and they said you don't need to get a training you don't need to do a training and i told them no i want to i want to make sure that i understand how you want me to apply the, the product and i want to make sure that i do it correctly so just in case there's something wrong with it or there's something that i, I didn't do right that you guys will cover or i know that something's gonna my customer is gonna be protected so it wasn't it wasn't something for like a paper. It was more like uh, I wanted to, m- more likely to take care of my customers with something that I, look, I went to a training. I invested in my company to make sure that I'm doing it correctly. And that's why I'm, a, I'm different than the guy that is actually just doing it uh, and buying the, vehicle, the product from Amazon and le- learning from YouTube. There's a big difference and customers actually value that. And that's the difference between a person that actually wants to do it because they actually believe in their business, not the company coding, but their business and their business model. But there is a lot of people
1: want, I I mean, I've heard that and I respect it. I do respect uh, what you said. There's some people, though, that would push back and say that very few times they've actually had somebody look at a wall and say they want to use their service because of a piece of paper and most of the time the guys that do the greatest success there are some there are some that do really really well with certain brands that they pay for clicks they pay for the brand marketing they pay for everything they invest in i get
7: it me, But as an on,
1: hold, on, hold on hold on as an entrepreneur though as a businessman it seems like though that we should invest more into ourselves it is then then into paying somebody 800 bucks to learn how to wipe on a product and wipe it back off.
7: It is. And you're definitely right. If you, if you look at my shop, you will not see any certificate in the wall. I, I have done so many certificates for coding, for, for uh, training, for interior. I mean, I've done so many trainings, but it wasn't for, for the piece of paper. And this is what I want everybody to understand. It's not for the piece of paper. It's for the knowledge that you get when when you do the the or when you do the pain corrections because it's it's not the same by saying you know hey go uh, you want to do how to you want to do paint correction go take some um, videos from YouTube or go to training with uh, Rupes or go to training at, uh, let's say um, with Jason or go to uh, to a training with with you or with Randy Doyle. It's a bigger difference, and it's not for this little. It's not for the little paper. It's actually for the value of yourself as a business owner. Now, a lot of my customers don't ask me, but here's one thing that they do. They do that I do rebuttal when they ask me. Well, how come you don't? How come this guy is gonna apply? Uh, G Technic Crystal Serum Light. He's not cert- certified. You are certified. What's the difference? Have you ever had a customer ask you that? Yeah, and I asked, and I really? told him, okay, yes. And I told him, okay, who would you trust? Someone that actually took it properly trained, and is properly trained, and actually can put a warranty on on, on a product, or yeah. someone that doesn't that that's not properly trained, and yeah. they're not gonna be able to put it in their system, as a res- they're not going to register that coding, so. Yeah. I, you know. I mean,
0: there's a lot of good things. I think there's a lot of pros w- with the certifications and and one of them is actually the family thing about it. I love that the training, I, I explained that a little earlier that I enjoy the, being in a group and, and, and trying to uh, bring each other up and they have these events and stuff too, but they're, I think for a customer, I think the majority of customers don't even know that what accreditation means or that you only have this. And, and, and now you're seeing so many detailers out there that are saying, I'll apply a ceramic coating to your car and they're using fucking F11 or some bullshit like that. And it it's, yes. it's becoming a joke almost. And so that's why I have kind of the stance on uh, certifications because you, you're, they're throwing around the word ceramic coating so much. And, um, and it's really hard. It, and I don't think a lot of customers even know or care. And I think they're going off of, and and that's what you're. I think you're trying to get at, um, Marty. Is it just like it's about the brand? It's about the reputation of the company. I think any company that uh, respects themselves and is doing well is going to use a product and, and put in the time to test a product that that actually works with their customers. And I think a lot of these professional coatings work great.
1: <laughs> well, all right, I'm gonna bounce over to Julian. He's got his hand up. Hi, Julian
10: what's up man <laughs> so um, um what i want to talk about Macy, just adding in to the certifications presentation i have a what, 650 dollars worth of paper right here one piece of <laughs> paper is IDA, so that's 100 bucks per year and basically this one is like a 550 dollars one day training from rinny doyle do my customers really care as far as for knowing what exactly it is not really but it shows that my business and my team is basically just take ourselves more seriously And it just helps with the brand image to be more professional. Um, That's where I I see it. And the reason why I want the certification. But,
1: Julian, come closer or something because there's an echo or something.
10: Can you hear me better?
0: Kind of.
1: Kind of. Go ahead. (laughs)
10: Okay. All right. So, that's Instead really of
0: sending $650 on a certification, maybe you should buy bought a better computer. <laughs> maybe, huh? I'm just kidding. I'm giving you like, shit. I know.
10: Um, all the money went to the certification. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just oh. with you. <laughs> um, so, I mean, going back to the certifications, I mean, I just see it for me as a business owner. I just see value from it. Learning something new that I didn't know about. I mean, there's a few things from this certification. I got some more papers, but this is the best one I wanted to put up. Uh, that, some new stuff I didn't know about detailing. But do I really
0: find that as a big necessity for running a business? No. Yeah. And I think trainings are awesome. I think.
1: Thank you. That's where I was going to go, Jason. I was going to come right to you with trainings because that's a little different, Julian. You took a training. um, Jason, you offer training. Training is a big thing. People learn a lot from it. So Talk to us about your trainings. Why, why is it beneficial? Because this is something that we've said. It's more beneficial to go to somebody who details cars on a regular basis than somebody that used to detail 20 years ago or used to have a this, or now I work for a brand and I used to do this. Whereas we say, go to people that are in the industry now, they're heavily working, they've got a shop, somebody like you that's detailing on a regular basis. The benefit of going to somebody like you that's detailing on a regular basis, what is it?
0: I think what I hear mostly when people come to our trainings is they just wanted validation. You know, I've seen how to do it. Um, you know, I kind of know how to do it, but I really, you know, I was nervous that I wasn't doing it correctly. And I think when they come to us and we show them how to do it, that's what I hear mostly. I'm like, I felt like I knew how to do it. And I just felt valid validated when I, when I left that, yes, I, I have the confidence now to know what I'm doing is correct. Um, but you know, I I believe that we are sharing a lot of information. I still learn stuff from trainings. Like even if it's just a a paint correction training, a ceramic coating training, whatever it is, I still learn something every now and then. There's so many different ways to detail a car. And I really believe that there's a lot of information out there, whether it's a, a product or a different tool or a brush or whatever it is, there's just so much that you can do out there. And just to have all these tools in your arsenal is important because we know that detailing cars is just not, I clean this car, I use this chemical. We run into so many different things in so many different situations, whether it's different types of paints or stuff that's stuck to the car or something on the interior or all these different materials that we're seeing in cars it's a constant uh you constantly have to learn and and learn these new things learn these new paints and learn these new tools and learn these new products um so it's constant uh a constant thing that you have to be doing uh i think what a lot of people get out of trainings too is is networking we i really enjoy this industry i love this industry and a part of being a detailer is being able to be on here with all you guys being able to really? talk, being able to be friends, being able to go out to MTE and, and and these trainings, you get to meet people and enjoy them. You know, some of my best friends, I mean, I think all of my best friends are in the industry, actually. I don't really like my neighbors. They're not in here, so they're not going to hear. It. They're not going to care. Um, but that's a part of the industry. And I love going to trainings. I love hearing about people. I love doing the networking. You know, you may go to a training and meet somebody in your area an hour away and maybe they end up being business partners with them or maybe you can call them when you run into some sort of situation um i've had it plenty of times i have it here i had a car that uh, i detailed for uh, a friend uh no one's a business down here and they wanted paint correction or they, they just wanted a coating. in. And then uh, I went in there and looked at the car and it needed a full paint correction. I'm like, I don't have time to do this. So I was able to call a guy down the road and be like, Hey dude, do you want a job? I got this car that needs to be polished and I need to do it tomorrow. You want to do it? So networking and being able to uh, talk to people and do those things. Uh, I think there's a lot of great
1: things that come in with training. Definitely. Uh, all right, Joe, Joe clean, Mr. Joe clean. Uh, you got your hand up brother. Good to see you. What's your question for Mr. Jason Otterness?
8: Well, what's up, Jason? Uh, finally hey, I'm glad to talk to you in person
1: Hell instead
8: yeah. of hitting you on Messenger. Okay. <laughs> uh, if you <laughs> yes. hit me up on
0: Messenger, you're, it's about a 50-50 chance I'm going to answer. <laughs> well,
8: well, I'm 100%, so every since yes. every time I actually message you, I've got a comment back. So That's awesome. There's a, few, there's a few times where you put on the mask and talk about you trying to hide, and I'm like, like we don't know that you're be between that beard and that hat. So, uh, <laughs> But you replied back to me. But yeah, so I just wanted to uh, talk about the certifications, how we were talking about it the first time. So, uh, certifications to me is just like how back in the day we used to wear a jersey for our favorite team. Um, you know, if well, I, if Joe I spent,
1: Clean, I think you've been certified by the best company out there. I proclaim, right? I mean,
8: and that's how I met you, Marty. I went to <laughs> Justin Labato. And that's how I end up on Pints and Polish because, you know, networking or whatever the case may be. Yeah,
1: he came to one of our certifications down there in Florida and that's how we met. Yeah. Nice.
8: Yeah. And I take pride in the fact that I invested myself. You know what I mean? So when you go to college, to say, fam, you or to say, you know, Harvard, that's a certification. It's like having a name to say, this is where I got my certification. So if I said, look, I got uh, trained by Jason. They nine times out of 10, because of the world knowing Jason, because he does so much YouTube, it's like, okay, I see what Jason does. And if you're up under him and Jason said you his protege, oh man, that's marketing on itself. Depend on, like, right now, if I can say this, if a Chinese coating could do branding like Ceramic Pro, I'll be jumping on uh, the Chinese coating. I'm be honest with you. I don't care if it does the job or not. If it costs $5 and they got a market and everybody's calling <laughs> for this Chinese thing, I'm going to slap it on their car and I'm going to be the best at installing it. But the point is, we are all trying to go towards this thing that's trying to make our job easier. Hell yeah, I'm going to be on here with Marty because if Marty says that coding,
10: agree.
8: yeah, if Jason say coding is starting to be no big name, guess what? That's a trend like how when Trump or, or, or one of these guys say something and then stocks drops and come up, I'm just trying to be on the wave when it comes to my craft, which is detailing. So at the end of the day, I'm on this so I can learn from you guys, man, because, again, we're all just learning, period, on changes. So that's my point of view on certifications and different things.
1: Hey, thanks. I want yeah. to drop over to Mr. John Bates. Uh, John from Ride and Shine there in Phoenix. Uh, good to see you, brother. Uh, question, you have a question for uh, Jason? Oh, man, I mean, just, I guess, you know, where I look at is, is,
9: you know, I mean, I'm kind of 50 50 when it comes to, you know, shop and, uh, you know, an actual, you know, being mobile itself. I do both sides of it, you know, I mean, I, I get both sides of it. Um, I guess where I always fight is the fact that I, I guess me a, a personal thing for me is that I always try to push to let other detailers know. And I think that's where, where I think this community is just really one of those that when we all talk about, you know, everybody has, like you said, you know, everybody has their own opinion. Everybody has their their own thing and and we all know the clicks. We all know how it works, but I don't, I don't care whether you're a shop across the street or not. I, I love to work with people. I mean, I, I distribute products, but I also detail as well. And I like this morning I stopped and talk to another detailer. And I didn't try to pull out my car, try to sell them things. You know, I just kind of observed and kind of watched and how we did things, stuff like that. And by the time we were done talking, it literally ended up being hey, you know, we can help each other because there's things that he may know that I don't know. And there's things that I may know that he doesn't know. And both of us have been in the industry for, you know, well over 15 years. And I think my thing is, is how do you, I guess, Transition from you know, it, do you suggest? I guess you know if you're going from like a mobile to a shop, if that's where you want to be, or do you want to stay? You know, keep that mobile in the back of your head as well. You know, or, or do you just think that hey, you know, you're you're growing up in the business? Do you want to just go shop and stay that way, or do you always want to kind of keep? I think that in the, the back
1: best, of your mind? John. I think the best way, and Jason, hop in right after. I I think. I mean, I just I had to jump in because I think the best way to do is what Nick and I said is go hybrid. I mean, just because you're mobile and you got a shop, that doesn't mean you have to cancel mobile. You right. take the same situation that I talked about with, I think it was Jake. I can't remember who who was talking earlier about, um, you know, setting up your mobile situation. If you've got a shop and this is, this is, this has been my, you know, plug at the industry for since 16, 17, 18, right? Like, Everybody wanted to go to shop and they wanted to do a $4,000 correction and coding because the industry was so incredible, because the economy was so, everything was just hitting in such a great way. We talked about the ride of the wave, right? The ride of the wave for 16, 17, 18 was $4,000 tickets, multi-level stages of correction and coding that was and and you could go into a shop and you saw a lot of people make really great money there was we said it all the time there was no better time to be a detailer we'd never seen people make as much money as they did then but then what did most of them do? they never continued the long-term venture of business and they one night standard their customers went on to the next <laughs> one and never brought them into a mobile type maintenance business where they could have brought anybody in, trained them for a little bit on how to wash a car, vacuum a car, clean some windows and put down a little spray to help maintain the coating. It takes an hour and you could have hired in and you've got all these people funneling into your business and they just one night stand in them and let them go instead of building long-term with a mobile maintenance business that funneled outside of a shop. I mean, it, that's the ultimate, to me, the ultimate way to run, run a detailing business, detail shop and mobile. Jason.
0: John, are you, are you doing most of the work?
9: Yeah, I, well, as, if, as of last week, I'm back to it <laughs> by myself. <laughs> I guess the question
0: I would ask you is, is, do you want to be a technician or do you want to be an entrepreneur?
9: Man, I, I love hustle. I, but I also love the good times and bad times. I love the grit of it. Um, you know, for the past two days it, it's rained and everybody's like, Oh, you to get a day off. I literally was late to this call because I was literally out there hustling, doing other things. All the things that, you know, in the back of our mind, we're always complaining, Oh, we got to do this. this. Non likes,
1: likes to work.
9: I walked that. I likes to work. I like the work. Yeah. Um, I know when to relax, but, I like the true journey of the hardship that goes along with it, because that's how I can accept and and enjoy what the business really is.
0: There's no wrong answer there. And I think, uh, I think a lot of us that come in here come in as technicians and enjoy doing the work and there's nothing wrong with that. I enjoy doing that work. Um, And I think you got to really sit down with yourself and figure out what makes you happiest. Right. Um, You know, and if you really like detailing, you enjoy detailing continue to detail. That's what makes you happy. Don't, don't take that away because I see a lot of people go into it as, well, I'm supposed to grow my business and I'm supposed to be a business owner and I'm supposed to hire people. And then they're just fucking miserable people because they hate doing it. (laughs) They hate growing the business. So, I mean, you got to really sit back and and figure out what, what, where you want to go, where you want to take your business. And, and then that, that'll kind of answer the question. So we did something with our business coach called the definition of success. What makes us, um, what is it that we want? What is our vision of the company? And we had to really sit down. And if if your vision is just like, I really enjoy doing this and I want to do it for as long as I can. Uh, and, and maybe you still want to grow it and maybe you end up hiring a manager that can actually run the business part of it and you can still be the technician. There's nothing wrong with that. You can hire a sales guy. You can hire somebody to answer the phone. You can hire a manager to run the business. Um, but I think it's figuring out where you want to be with it. Because uh, I think a lot of times, and I think uh, uh, Marty's right, going into, I love the hybrid model of, of going into having a fixed location and then having a mobile shop. But then you also, you also have to be a business person about it and understand that um, where are you, where's the best return on investment, you know, and you might find that doing those maintenance, maintenance washes and those car washes are just probably not worth it doing it mobile. Uh, you have where you have to stop and, and you got to figure out your numbers, know your numbers, where you're going with that. But uh, I think there's a lot of different ways and it's all personal preference on what you want to do there. So I think one big
9: success that I wanted to share with everybody here, since this seems to be a really big thing. So I've been struggling a lot with, you know, I work Uh, Like Marty said, I work all the time, but, you know, I condensed or, you know, I've been working, you know, seven in the morning till seven at night. That's when my business was open six days a week, sometimes seven. So for on the business side, I really had to pretty much own my own shit and say, okay, what do I really want? Do I really want to own a business? How I wanted to do it? How much do I really want to be invested into it? How much do I want to do it? And what I realized is for me to do another venture, which is some of the distributing of what I'm doing on chemical side. I had to legitimately have a self-talk to myself saying, okay, I'm open for 12, 13 hours in a day. What do I really want to do? Do I really want to grind every single minute of every single hour? Or do I really want to, you know, make the success in a short time? So basically what I ended up doing is I said, okay, so from this time to this time, I have to make exactly what I would make in a 12-hour day in a six-hour day. Now, I didn't think that was possible six weeks ago. Dude, I was, uh, my head was so freaking far in the clouds, I was like, holy shit, there's no way I'm able to do it. Because I've been working so much doing two different things at once, going, okay, no, I have to focus on condensing my things. What did I do? I did exactly what everybody told me not to do, raise my prices. I raised my prices because my value needs to be exactly where it's at. Because why? I wanted to put it out of the world, of that I'm not messing around. I'm here to say, if you want our services, I put in my time. So I did that, scared shitless, going, "Oh man, I'm, I'm <laughs> lose business." And I did, I did, I lost customers over five bucks, four bucks. I lost customers over three dollars, and I, for 24 hours, I was like, "Going, man, this this sucks. What do I do?" And I'm like, "My wife goes, well, maybe you should lower." No, no, no. I'm going to bed. I'm resetting. I'm going to bed and just left and just left like that. The next morning I got a call and then I got another call and I got another call. Next thing you know, six weeks later, I'm making the time that I want now in my business in six hours than I was doing in 15 to 17 hours. So I say consistency, whether you're mobile or shop, you have to determine truly whether you want to be an entrepreneur and own a business because people who say they want to own a business, great we can go flex it all we want we own a business great but how much are you invested in your business how much are you actually spending in your business are your family suffering are you, are you, are you not able to sleep are you, are you worried about
1: everything so, yep. so it is a, it is a struggle john there's no doubt it, it is it yeah. is a struggle all right we got a couple more questions and we got to get to the tab out question so jason just a heads up tab out question you're going to ask a question that we all have to go in and chime into on uh, the Hyperclean Specialist Facebook group. I asked you question? Yeah, I'm, I'm prepping <laughs> you. I'm giving you like five minutes. Okay. Uh, normally, we've got Derek from DJD Detailing. Uh, he's on tonight, and he's a drunk guy at the end of the bar. And you know, sometimes when you're closing down a bar, there's that random dude that just asks crazy, weird questions because he's drunk, and it's time <laughs> to close down. You get to and be that drinking. guy tonight. For Derek, uh, oh. but but before we get there, before we get there, I'm gonna hop over to. Uh, apologies, uh, I see a, a hand up, but it's buffer. I, I, I can't read buffer O R or something.
11: Hey hey hey, C R. How are you? Oh, C
1: R. What's your name, man?
11: Uh, Charlie or Ricardo's. So I just wanna let you uh, know, or Jason or Juan, that we are gonna see each other next week on Costa Rica, and oh, cool. uh, hey, awesome. yeah, I hope. It, yeah, I hope it's going to be a nice time. I have a little question. I am sorry about my English. I hope uh, you understand how to treat these customers that start with how much what brand and how much would it last talking about coatings. I've thought about it um, for a little bit and uh, um, I think that's the moment where certifications uh, can make the difference between all the bunch of uh, bunch of guys that are uh, in selling the same brand I'm using, and I don't know. I just want to see what are your thoughts about it.
0: So the customers asking you the quest this question.
11: Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of guys are. Uh, they start the conversation on uh, how much would it be? Uh, what brand are you using? And uh, how much would it last? I know. Okay. I, I hate I hate those customers, right? Um, but here, but here, this is
0: how you battle it. You know, you don't answer the question one. You start asking questions back. You know, and this is the consultative sales process where you want to ask them questions. You know, what kind of car do you have? What you know? What are you looking for? Do you? Uh, um, how long are you keeping the car? And this is kind of how you get into price because it's hard to give a price because everybody's full detail is going to be a little bit different. So you wanna be able to get them into a service that, that they're looking for. And depending on their answers, so you can ask them, how long are you keeping the car? You know, what are you looking for? Uh, do you want, do scratches and swirls bother you? What kind of protection are you looking for? Um, and you can ask these series of questions and figure out, uh, you can even ask them, you know, what's your budget? What are you looking for? Um, and then you can explain to them that you have different types of products. And, and what we like to do is just make a suggestion. Based on you're keeping your car forever, you know, Tesla, we get a lot of Teslas in the shop. And what we notice is that a lot of Tesla owners, like this is, I've saved up for this car. I've been wanting this car for so long. I'm keeping it forever. I wanna keep it forever. Uh, But then you may have a customer that comes in and says, you know, I'm leasing this car. I still like it to, you know, a clean maintained car. I'm only keeping it for three years. That gives you some ammo to be able to make suggestions on these services. And you can use that to say, After that, you've answered all these questions, and you can write these down, and you can have different questions, and get to feel out your customer a little bit. You know, based on your answers, you're you want to keep your car forever. You want to keep it keep it clean as possible. You know, rock chips bother you, swirls bother you. This is what I'm recommending for your car. I'd recommend doing a full front uh, uh, paint protection, and then I'd recommend doing our five year ceramic coating. And that type of thing. And then you give them the reasons and they've already told you why because you've asked those questions. So you know that what they're looking for and then you can make those suggestions on price. All right, Great. And that kind of gets you away from answering that price question right away because that's a question that you don't want to get trapped in because so many different detailers have so many different services and what, may, what you may do with a full detail may be something way different than somebody else does on their full detail. All right, yeah. thanks.
1: Yeah. Great answer. All right, let's see what happened with cooking with Nick. Nick, we want to see what that food turned out like. And then uh, everybody can go to its underscore grooms and they can follow your recipe. Walk us through what you got there, brother. All right, brother.
2: So pan-seared duck, literally just skin down. See that sucker in a skillet real hot. Turn it over, put the lid on, let it sit for a while till it cooks up to temp. And then with the, the stuff that sticks in the bottom of the pot, add a little white wine, add some butter, add some garlic, stir that around for a while, and then add a, if you're feeling cheap, a like I was, a just a regular old can of Alfredo. Let that go for a little while, add some fresh grated Parmesan, add that to the pasta. That's it. Man, look it beautiful, beautiful, brother.
1: Yeah, yeah, looks great. Jason, he's always got some of the best, uh, best food that he's cooking up. Uh, when we That's were at awesome. mobile tech, he, uh, he came into the Airbnb and hung out with us all and cooked us some really amazing chicken and waffles. It was delicious.
0: Mm, chicken and waffles. My favorite. Yeah. Well,
1: <laughs> Atlanta has some good chicken and waffles. I've, I've had some. Yeah. Yeah. Las Las uh, Vegas
0: does too. There you go. That's it's exactly
1: where I was gonna go. Uh, oh, what is that place? Uh, Boom Boom Chicken Boom Boom or something like that. I don't know. It's it's been three o'clock in the morning. No, Hash House A Go Go. Okay. Hash House A Go Go. Uh, they have one in I think the links, and they have one on like a regular yeah. place too. Go in the oh, Orlando. Man, their chicken and waffles. It's huge, Orlando. and they got a, two big, massive pieces of chicken. They stick on it with some sage and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it is delicious. Yeah. Uh, all right, uh, Derek from DJD Detailing. Uh, I know that you feel sad tonight that, that uh, you're you're not the drunk guy we at the, the bar. Did it just come in the <laughs> mail? But uh, but we do have a, a great question. I know coming from Jason. Now, Jason, you get to ask whatever you want. This can be okay. something that if you want to get some data for your own self, if you want to yeah. ask something about the industry or you can ask something crazy, like we've had the most random questions from like, you know, which, which, you know, Disney princess would you like to be with? You know, <laughs> or, you know, would you kill this person or marry this person? You know, I mean, there's been all kinds of random questions. So, you know, do you, all right. You, I got one. You're, the, you're the man go for it.
0: All right. Uh, if you could have any detailing superpower what would it be do you have a polisher for an arm <laughs> any detailing a, superpower
1: that's maybe, a great one
0: maybe your index finger was uh, an air blower
1: <laughs> all right so everybody go on to the Hyperclean specialist page i'll post that little question there and everybody chime in and answer Jason, normally we answer them, uh, you know, here live, but we've got, I think last I counted was 24 people. And that would take, I would take quite a long time to go through and, uh, to answer everybody. So, uh, we, we can all chime in on the, on the specialist page. And Jason, I can't thank you enough for your time, brother. Uh, it really means a lot that you'd spend it with community. Uh, we're also the same way, man. We love to build up together. We love to join together. We love, as we said, as the tide rises, so do all the ships, you know, we, we definitely believe in that, man. So thanks so much for all your time.
0: Cheers. This was awesome. Thank you.
1: Definitely guys. Everybody. Thanks so much. Really appreciate it. And, uh, enjoy your night guys.
0: Later, everyone. Thanks, Jason. All right, Marty. Thanks,
9: everybody. Guys,
1: be safe out there.
11: Good night. Take care. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, Marty.